Hey there, and welcome to a new episode of The Walk. I'm Father Roderick, and I'm in the backyard of the rectory. And I see the green grass where yesterday evening uh, I had a beer with uh, some friends, Inga and Hank, who have been helping me out tremendously with the online uh, liturgies for the past few weeks. And, of course, we keep our distance, even when we're sitting in the backyard. Fortunately, it's a big garden, and I'm now stepping onto the pavement here in front of the church. It's a gorgeous day. It's around noon, and I am heading for the local shopping center to bring back a giraffe. (laughs) I'm not kidding you. Here in this plastic bag here, I have a a, a toy giraffe that I bought for the children's series that we launched at Easter. And I came across a few new members of the of the team of the toy team. Goedemorgen. <laughs> one of my parishioners passing me by. So we're, we're as you can uh, hear, we're not in total lockdown here in the Netherlands. We are still allowed to go outside, but we are preparing for the what they call the 1.5 meter society. That is, if in a couple of weeks or months from now we are gradually opening up society it won't be the same anymore and for a long time probably until there is a vaccine uh, we will have to keep our distance and so everybody is kind of rethinking the way they do business the way they work um, the way also in which uh, we celebrate our liturgies in the church and I'll get to that in a minute but so this giraffe I saw the this animal yesterday in the toy store and I thought hey I don't have a giraffe yet for these for these children's videos um, but then later yesterday I came across another giraffe actually much better because it is a hand puppet I bought six hand puppets and those are much easier to animate than just regular uh, plush toys because those are pretty inanimate and in order to simulate movement you just have to grab them by the tail almost and kind of wiggle them in front of the camera but it's not as convincing as real hand puppets so I, I'm, I was very glad that I found six of them among which there was a giraffe so we're going to bring this one back and maybe I'll get another beer bear should beer <laughs> another beer <laughs> it's noon no another bear um, so the Kind of the priest character was a bear that is used by the smallest children in our parish. So when they go to their own liturgy of the word um, for the first part of the mass, then this um, this bear will accompany them. He has his own um, what is it? Um, alb. That is the uh, green truck of the garbage disposal. I'm actually glad they uh, passed through the village because there we have a lot of we're, we're collecting a lot of the uh, plastic garbage and, and paper and glass. It's all we all have to separate our our garbage. But it, it, people tend to throw away much more during this Corona crisis than before. People have more time to clean the house, and so these uh, general use uh, containers in our neighborhood are, are constantly filled to the brim. So I'm, I'm stuck with a lot of 
paper and carton boxes that I can't get rid of because the containers are full all the time. So now I'm eyeing like the times that these garbage men pass through the village and the moment they've passed and they've emptied the containers, I go out and I I'm, I try to get rid of my garbage. <laughs> anyway, so I'm glad to have these hand puppets um, and maybe I can exchange this giraffe for a for another bear, because the the um, the idea for the the uh, let's say the priestly bear or the the pastor bear actually came from a Protestant church in our neighborhood. So uh, the local pastor there came up with that, this idea, and so several locations are using the bear, both Protestant churches and and at least one Catholic church. But it is still a little bit Protestant in a certain way. So he's got this alb and then he's got a stole. But it's an, a copy of the stole that the local Protestant pastor is wearing in his church. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of looking for something a little bit different. Um, also because of, let's say, uh, intellectual property or something like that. I don't really like to take his idea and then implement that in our videos I'd like to have everything under my control <laughs> but uh, we'll see and maybe the writer the person who helped me write these um, the texts for the children's videos she said that she actually thought that the bear was a little bit too um, uh, how do you say that too clerical too, uh, <laughs> too too much of a cliche priest type of character so, well, maybe, maybe, we'll see. Maybe I'll just look for a, for a co-pastor or something. Maybe I can find a, a pope, an animal pope. <laughs> uh, we'll see. But uh, it's, it's a fun project, uh, and I'm, I've learned so much from the first episode, especially that i got to keep things even simpler than what I did for that video, less less editing so but it's it's a fun project and it's not too difficult and that's only one of the gazillion things that i've been working on this past week i, I had a, a meeting with the pastoral team so that's all the, the the priests the deacons and also the lay people that are working for our both both of the parishes parishes that we serve yesterday that's that's a green truck again he's in reverse maybe he missed uh, some garbage who knows and so I'm not part of the pastoral team because I'm just an assistant priest. But uh, we really have to coordinate. And, and since I'm kind of directing the um, online liturgies, uh, it was important that I was participating in that conversation. But before we uh, discussed everything that's going on in the two parishes, uh, we made a short round of how everybody's doing. And what surprised me was that... Um, a lot of the lay people that work for us, they were kind of out of work because most of their work is has to do with groups of people. So they do catechesis, uh, they accompany parents, um, meetings, etc. All those have been kind of postponed or cancelled. Um, First communion is cancelled, uh, confirmation preparation is cancelled. Um, so they were almost feeling a little bit guilty that, you know, so what, what do we do now? Um, whereas the priests and the deacons were all like even busier than normal because now they have so much more uh, there is so much more need for 
pastoral accompaniment. So people are calling them up and they feel lonely or they deal with uh, people that are sick. Uh, they have to go to the hospitals. Lots and lots of pastoral care. Um, and, and I was the only one who was busy with like um, 10 or 20 media projects and trying to keep everybody informed, which is fun but also exhausting. I've been making long days. And uh, on the other hand, I, I, I think you get extra grace in times like these because I'm enjoying it. And it's actually, it's a, uh, the, it, these are weird times, but also challenging times, and, um, but in a good way, like motivating times. I feel like this is, this is also a time that we can reinvent ourselves and try out stuff. And nothing is really um, compulsory. Everything is grace. That's kind of, well, not everything, of course, because of the illness and the gravity of the situation. I don't want to discard that. But there is also an upside to, this, to these times. And it's kind of, God always knows how to turn even a terrible situation. And objectively, this is, of course, a terrible situation for the world to be in. But he's always able to turn it into grace and to make it a time of growth and a time where things are suddenly possible that were never possible before and I think that this whole parish renewal thing the challenge now to rethink everything we do not just aspects of our work but like the core business of the Catholic Church celebrating the Eucharist uh, the sacraments helping each other to to understand faith and to deepen their faith all, for all those main core tasks we, we need to uh, find new ways and new methods um, and new channels and, and I, I kind of like that it helps you also refocus and, and think about well, what, is, what is truly important and what is not so important because you, you can't do everything and you can certainly not maintain our way of, of being church um, that, we, that we used to have so it's like, like a heart reset it's like reinstalling Windows 10 or something like that like a clean install, and then you you can sometimes sometimes a clean install is very very wholesome, very good. Uh, it helps you to get rid of all the clutter that you've gathered over the over the years. There is quite a crowd here. Children are playing here with water. <laughs> these these toddlers have no idea what the what situation the world is in. They just play in any situation. Just like the stories we know from the war where, where children will always play, no matter how grim the situation is for adults. And cross the road here and head for the toy store, Intertoys. Let's try not to get run over by the cars. Here's a parking lot. I hope they don't mind me recording inside there. Um... And I'm, I'm deliberately uh, taking much more time for little things like this, like a walk. Of course, I could take my bike, but actually walking and getting outside and, you know, it's beautiful springtime weather. It, it helps me also to um, clear my mind. And I cannot imagine how life must be for some of you that are in total lockdown and are unable to leave their homes. Or maybe you're even in quarantine because of illness that's possible 
All right, let me see how I do this. So I got to keep my distance from other people as well. I think I need to get a basket. It's also compulsory. Oh, there are no more baskets, so I need to wait outside, I think. Because they have 15 customers max in the store. And uh, the, um, the number of people that you can have inside one space is actually determined by the total surface of the establishment. That is, that is the case for restaurants, for supermarkets, and in this case also for toy stores. And it will be the case for churches as well. I'm just going to take a little walk, walk here on the parking lot. It's a nice parking lot with trees and grass and everything, and little benches where people can sit. Um, so for the church, I'm already thinking ahead of, of the times. What if after... Uh, for instance, Pentecost. I think many countries have um, uh, continue or will continue the measures, the strict measures, until at least Pentecost, at the beginning of May. Some countries even longer. But if we are starting to slowly get back to a form of normalcy, it will never be, well, at least not for the foreseeable time, as it was. And the so the, the distance rule will probably. Um, stay in place, which means that I've been calculating literally with a measuring with measuring tape uh, together with Hank and Inge. We've, we've been looking at uh, the total uh, surface of the church, and uh, because of the freedom of religion in our country, it is still possible to have um, uh, church gatherings, even though the bishops, of course, are super careful, um, for up to. 30 people, but it, these gatherings need to obey the rules, the general rules of the, of the entire country. So we've been counting the, the amount of people that we can fit into the church, um, and we are starting to work on protocols so that even when people, it's not enough for people to sit uh, apart from each other or stand or kneel uh, like a, uh, with su- a sufficient distance between the other faithful uh, during mass, but it's also when they enter and when they leave the church. So we're opening up another exit or another entrance. Um, it's a porch that was transformed into a very small chapel dedicated to the Virgin Mary. But we're going to open that entrance so that we can also uh, uh, div- kind of uh, divide the people or kind of dist- redistribute the, the the inflow of people for for the situation where. I don't know. Maybe two months, three months from now, we will be able, we will be allowed to celebrate mass with the faithful again. We're waiting for, of course, for the bishops to give us the the green light. Um, but then, even then, we would only be able to fit in about forty people instead of a hundred and what is it? A hundred and eighty, sometimes two hundred people. Um, so that imagine what that will mean for our community. You can only have 40 people per mass. It's, you know, all of a sudden, mass is going to be something that there are waiting lists, actually. To, we need to establish some form of, uh, um, I don't know, maybe not a roulette or, you know, but, but definitely we need to, to establish some form of uh, circulation or that, you know, people go to church in turn and maybe you will be able to go to church just once per month instead of every week. It's going to be very interesting. Um, But again, we can't change the big picture. 
and so you have to accept things the way they are and but but the, the creative approach is well, what can we do given this situation and for now that's just streaming but hopefully in the near future it will be celebrating with a few more people but we have to be prepared and we have to really make sure that we abide by the rules because the rules are are there for our our protection and especially for the most vulnerable parishioners all right i'm going to give it another try see if they have some uh, baskets now i can't imagine that there are 15 people inside but maybe there are yeah there's another guy waiting to enter. oh there are lots of kids inside that explains it of course kids don't go to school right now and uh well people are supposed to homeschool their kids but that's not that's not something that our country is is uh, used to oh there are two baskets now okay i can take one basket very very good what am I going to do? I'm first going to check out the bears and the animals and see if I can find a replacement for the bear that I have. I have a dog. Oh, that actually that would be a good character for a for a pastor instead of a bear. Take a, a sheep dog to keep the flock together. Hey, I think I can work with that. That's actually a lot lot better. And the bear. Yeah, because the only bears they have here are super big. This one is even larger than the tiger that I have. And the tiger is the biggest animal of the bunch. The bigger the animal, the harder it is to uh, work with the smaller animals that I have. I already have a crocodile. Here's a dog, but it's not a hand puppet. Oh, this is actually a dog that you can convert into a monkey. Uh, I'm not kidding you. (laughs) You literally pull the skin over over his head and then the skin will be the butt of the of the other animal no that's not going to work but i may actually well i don't think they have dogs here what is this no that's a kind of fantasy animal i see some other some yellow bears no dogs all right so my next target is to find a dog Maybe they have hand puppets here. I'm going to take a look because the other toy store had the hand puppets in another part of the store. These are the cutesy branded animals. Those are super expensive and kind of scary looking with the fluorescent eyes. Yeah, I don't like that. Oh, they have swans. Wow, these are nice. That is very cool, a swan. I don't have a swan yet in the story, but anyway, I'll, I'll be able to buy them. Uh, later on, Kansel, I'm going to ask. Mag ik wat vragen? Hebben jullie misschien ook uh, handpoppen in plaats van knuffels? We hebben een slang. Oh, een slang? Nee, die kan ik niet gebruiken. Nee, ik ben eigenlijk op zoek naar een soort pop of zo die ik een beetje kan bewegen. Oké, nou ja. En ik moet nog één knuffel terugbrengen die ik gisteren gekocht hier, maar ik leek al een giraf te hebben. All right, so they only have a snake to animate. And, well, I don't think I'm going to do pastor snake. And that may give the wrong signal, symbolically. So I'm just going to bring back the giraffe, and then I'll just uh, scout around for for a sh- uh, sheepdog. Is that how you call it, a sheepdog? A shepherd's dog. And dogs, of course, are very you know popular animals for kids. So, yeah, that may work. Oh, they got lots of Lego here. 
I really need to get back into my Lego builds, but I'm allowing myself to take it easy. I'm not trying to do everything at once. Okay, let's see how I can do this. I'm going to just put the basket there. Ooh, lots of people approaching. <laughs> so, even kijken. Die doe ik hier. Geef ik eerst het bonnetje even. En de giraf zit. Wat wil je dat ik ermee doe? Uh, gewoon even de. Alsjeblieft. Um, nou ja, nee, ik was op zoek naar een hond, maar die <laughs> kan ik niet vinden. <laughs> uh, alleen grote beren zag ik. Ik wil heel even kijken. Je hebt één zo'n hond, die kun je dan in een aap veranderen. Maar dat is zo'n soort langwerpig dier. Nou, wel een hele grote aap hier. <laughs> so I'm just looking if there, is a, a, if there is a dog in this basket. But I think it's just bears. Even, wat is die bruine? Oh, dit is ook een aap. Nee, helaas. <laughs> Oké. Okay. Yes. Ja. Even een bonnetje. Top. Alright, so I get a sign for return. Uh, ja, ja, want die moet ik declareren, dus dat uh, komt goed. Super bedankt. Fijne dag. Doeg. All right, so the giraffe is back home, <laughs> and uh, now I need to find a dog. Oh, this is an uh, animal store. They do have a, a number of animals here, but I think they're actually play toys. I see a cow and a walrus and some sheep. I think these are actually animals that... that, that that real animals can work with. <laughs> okay, well, that's not what I need. So, where could I find a sheepdog? Hmm, I don't know. Um, I'm going for a walk later in the afternoon anyway, so I may visit some other toy stores in the center of the city. It's funny that sometimes... Uh, when you're walking around here, it just feels like a regular morning and as if nothing has happened, even though everything has changed. The world will not be the same anytime soon. And I think we're starting to, to realize that, how much um, the, what we all took for granted, our lives, our... Uh, our, our, the way we organize our society is all going to be so different for maybe years to come. There are even some experts that say we, that we won't be able to get rid of the virus. And there may not be a vaccine anytime soon. Hi! <laughs> Another parishioner waving at me from his car. All right, across the road here. And I don't know what it means for the church I don't know what it means for my work, because um, next week I'm supposed to uh, think about, or there is a meeting, an online meeting, about the next season of my TV show. And uh, as you know, I had plans. I had really ambitious plans to uh, to do more of the Scotland type of uh, episodes, where I'd be traveling and then uh, 
go visit these beautiful locations and talk with interesting people and monks and whatnot. And I was hoping back then to film in the month of May to, to uh, take maybe two weeks off and uh, just travel Europe and film all the episodes. And really looking forward to it. But of course, that too... You know, first of all, I'm not even sure if the next season uh, is guaranteed. I, I assume it is, because the funding for the, for the TV show has been um, requested about a year. Well, around usually that happens around the end of the, of the previous year. So I kind of assume that they have uh, budgeted for an entire year of episodes. So that would, that would mean that I that there would be a budget for 15 episodes. But given the situation, maybe the broadcasting company will decide to put that money elsewhere and just cancel the show. I mean, after all, they, they all of a sudden, well, not, not the broadcasting company, but the, let's say, the head of the channel. It's like my show is on Channel 2. We've got three Dutch TV channels. Um, has decided from one day to another to completely change the programming and so my show got kicked to midnight on Sunday evening. Nobody is watching TV around that time. And there is no, um, no repeat of the show uh, another time during, during the week. I don't know if that situation will continue in the next season. If so, if, I, if I'm stuck there on Sunday evening, I'm pretty sure that the, not only the numbers will will plummet, but also the budget. I know that world a little bit. But maybe that I'm just worrying for nothing. Maybe it'll, it'll be around that time. Maybe everyone will be a little bit sick of, you know, just programs about corona. And right now, to be honest, I'm getting a little bit sick of it. Like, there, there's nothing on TV anymore. Everything is about the corona crisis. And a lot of the news that you're seeing or listening to on the radio is just... This closed circle of, report, of corona reporting. And yes, it's on everybody's mind because it's something that we need to, uh, to take into account literally from hour to hour, you know. <laughs> I've never washed my hands so often as, as, as this time. So every minute of the day, you're reminded of the situation. But I think that after a while, you want to get some more input. You want to do other stuff than just think about the situation. And so storytelling, I believe will be crucial for the near future. So next week, we're going to talk about what is going to be the contents of the new show. Um, the thing is, we're still right in the middle of this first phase, I think, of the, of the pandemic, which means that our focus may be very different from the focus that we will have in September. It's really difficult to plan ahead for what, what the world will need and how the situation will evolve. And my show is not a weekly show based on current affairs. It's impossible to produce that for the limited budget that we have. So we, I need to get working on the new season as soon as I can. Um, so I'll have to guess. I'll have to kind of second guess what, what will be the, the need of, of my audience. Fortunately, I'm making religious programming. And... There is something about religious interest that doesn't really change with times. As long as you touch upon the bigger, uh, 
the foundation of our lives, our, the, the core questions that we have, our, our religious motivation, the dilemmas maybe, uh, the, 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 let's say the absolute values of faith, you can't go wrong, actually. But storytelling-wise, it's going to be super challenging because I still would love to go a little bit beyond just the confines of my own living room. Like a lot of shows now on TV are just filmed inside the living rooms of all these media people. Look at the talk shows. They're all like produced in, on attics, in uh, let's say the sunroom of, uh, of uh, this or that person's villa. Um, but I think what, what I would like to do is to tell stories that take place in the real world, not just in, in my world. Um, and to portray people that are changing the world because of the choices that they make based on their faith. So will it be possible? What I, what I hope I can pitch is to do limited traveling. And I would like to focus on the positive effects of faith on people in these times of crisis. The world in September will not be the same. Uh, we won't go back to normal anytime soon. So that's a given. That's something that everyone can understand, that the world has changed. And even the experience, this, this common experience that we have of something so small, invisible to the naked eye, that has changed the entire world economy, the entire balance of the world, and also our personal lives, that is something that even, even if the situation is a, a ton better than it was right now, uh, than it is right now, it will still be front of mind, I think. But instead of making episodes about what people are doing now, I need to focus on the things that they will probably still be doing in September, if you see what I mean. So I can imagine that I travel... Uh, at least I can travel in my own country because uh, journalism, media, is considered to be an essential, um, an essential uh, profession. Just past the railroad tracks in time because there's a train right behind me. Um, so it will be possible. Um, what was I saying? So I can travel. I can travel in 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 my own country without uh, too many problems. It's going to be different for, for for the countries around me. I would like to also visit Belgium. And France. Now, Belgium is similar to the Netherlands. It's a little bit stricter. I think you need to wear uh, mouth masks or masks. Uh, they don't do that in the Netherlands for, I think, a valid reason. There is still a tremendous shortage, and they're afraid that if everybody is going to wear these masks, there will be a, <laughs> there will be a, a shortage for um, the people that need the most, the, those that are taking care of the patients. But in Belgium, people are obliged to wear them outside. So, <laughs> but that's a small adaptation. And then in France, the lockdown is even stricter. Um, not to mention Italy, of course. I don't think we can go to Italy anytime soon. Although I would like to tell some stories about the situation in Rome. Per season, I always have like five episodes, four or five episodes that I film in Rome. But I may not be able to go there by myself. Maybe I'll have to call up uh, Mountain, <laughs> Mountain Petorek, and uh, ask him if uh, he has any ideas on how I could uh, 
do some interviews in Rome without going there myself. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll have to come up with some very creative ways of producing the content that I need, um, which could also be a, like a last resort for uh, other countries as well. Just to see if I can find local people who can do the interviews for me, and then I'll just edit it together. But I think that, but what what I think what makes the show work is if I'm truly traveling myself. I saw a, a first episode of a television series, it's super popular in the Netherlands. It's a, a travel series. Um, it's called Florida to the Other Side of the World, or the end of the, to the ends of the world, something like that. And so it's this. Um, a journalist and she's traveling she's been traveling for years now to uh, the most remote places and there she interviews people about their life there and their motivations and uh, it's, it's beautifully filmed it's very well produced so high production value um, but of course her program is in jeopardy as well because it was based on these travels by airplane and 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 being inter- being able to interview tons of people, but they creatively turned that into another format where the the title of the show is uh, Florida stays home, and then she travels to places in the Netherlands and interviews people right now in this this Corona lockdown, and but it's filmed in the same way. They use the same cameraman. They have the drone shots. That um, but she's like doing these interviews <laughs> and she's on the one, hand, one side of the screen and then the interviewee is on the other side of the screen and there's this huge gap in between so they are um, also showing the challenge of filming in these new times and I'm, the, the, the thing that struck me was it still looks and feels like her old show the conversations that she has are a little bit empty because of course she tries to focus on on the corona crisis and uh, the struggles of people but there is no deeper perspective so it's very much like just documenting what people are doing and we've seen a ton of that it's nothing there's there's nothing that helps you or inspires you and that is where I think the opportunity could be for my show and that is to add depth to it because I can I'm not asking I'm not going to ask so how do you do your groceries now with the lockdown but I could ask well how what does this do to your faith Uh, or what have you done inspired by your faith have, have has it helped you has it given you new insights etc um, does faith help you to cope with loss with illness with the fragility of life there are so many interesting questions that you could ask and that I think everyone has an answer uh, to um, and we may also go and look for for you know insights and uh, inspiration I've, I've been thinking of that visit that I made to uh, Father Theo who is now living as a hermit in France I, I bet you that I could do a show where I'll just um, I'm taking the back door entrance to the just trying to avoid people but there are two bikes parked here so there's still some people in the church I guess or maybe in the garden anyway we'll see um, but to just ask uh, 
if he has some tips, as, because he's been living in lockdown for two years now. So he definitely uh, knows what it is to be alone and to, well, to somehow still maintain a certain life balance. And that's just one of the many topics that I can come up with. All right, we're back home here. Um, so anyway, it's just an example of how uh, the situation is also going to impact, definitely going to impact what I do. Um, the only thing that more or less stays the same are the podcasts, the shows that I record. Uh, there is not much difference. I'm sitting in front of a microphone talking about stuff that I do at home, watching television, Netflix, uh, playing video games, uh, following technology, etc. So it's so funny that when I record the podcast, I, 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 I just forget that I am, that we're in this lockdown, that there's corona. And, and maybe there is something comforting about that. Maybe that helps my listeners to also kind of step away from this day-to-day grind of trying to figure out how to make things work when you have to stay at home with the kids and uh, all the uncertainty about the economy, about your job, about your income. Um, hopefully the fact that the podcast still sounds and feels the same and has the same contents as before is a f- stabilizing factor, something that just also shows that some things will just go on and there's not everything is changing. I, I personally find comfort in that, just recording the, the podcast and even recording this. It's just a walk and just going out for, for a uh, tour with a giraffe <laughs> and then going back home. kind of really enjoy doing that. And it's like, okay, well, at least I have that. And that hasn't changed. Standing here in the sunroom, I vacated the sunroom again in this corner here i had the computer the editing computer which used to be at the office but i brought almost all the equipment here because i think that we're going to be working from this home for at least a couple of months still so we will not be returning to the office but what i did so i placed it here because i love this sunroom in the morning the sun is shining what i didn't take into account was that the sun is shining in my face because this is this is facing south and east, and so you constantly have this sun that is still low enough around this time of the year to heat up the, the sunroom and also to shine into my eyes. So it was very fatiguing to work here. So I emptied it. Now I still have my little rack here for the flowers. I, I need to plant some uh, some new uh, herbs here on, because this is a perfect room for uh, for cultivating herbs. And they have some plastic flowers or plastic plants here from Ikea, also closed because of Corona. And little baby Yoda is uh, keeping watch over my plastic plants. And then I moved the computer here to the main part of the living room in front of the window. And that works really well. I'm, I'm very happy with the situation. What I would like to do is to uh, place some lamps here. So I always have good and consistent lighting. And then maybe... Uh, put the um, foldable green screen in behind me here as well so that I can do my, my well, not my podcast, I think. I, I'll, I think I'll continue to record podcast podcasts upstairs because as you can hear, this room has an echo. It's because it's got a wooden floor. And uh, so this is not the best room for, for audio, but it is pretty good room for a good room for streaming and for playing video games and chatting and online meetings. Oh my goodness, I must have 
pour 20 hours last week or this past week into online meetings. They're so exhausting. <laughs> anyway, I'm not the only one who has, to, uh, who has to endure that. Thank you so much for joining me on my, on my walk. And I'll be back before you know it with new shows. And if you haven't done so already, check your other podcast feed if you're subscribed to my weekly show. And there will be a new episode of a new show that I'm going to record for my patrons. But the first episode is for everyone. It's called Father Roderick to the Max. It is very much like my weekly show, but has a totally different set of topics. Um, Take a listen. If you enjoy it and you have uh, a spare dime or something to throw my way to uh, help me continue this work, then you could become a patron. And as soon as you're a patron, you have access to the show. Um, at least to the future episodes of that show. Father Roderick to the max. Check it out in your regular podcast feed. Thanks for listening and talk to you soon. God bless and stay healthy.